and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. I believe that we can thrive in all areas of life at the same time. But where do we begin? Personally, financially, spiritually, relationally... And often because we don't know where to focus, we do nothing. At least that's the space I lived in for several years. I know what it feels like to constantly be spinning my wheels. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Daily Journal. After working through the Dream Life Action Planner, we need to do something every day so we actually take steps in the direction we desire. Throughout the years, I've developed success habits that have helped me to create a Dream 10 life in all areas by focusing on one area at a time. And I teach you exactly what to do each and every day in the Dream Life Daily Journal. You'll find a gratitude game every day to start the morning off right. A space for prayer, meditation, journaling. A space to write down your clear and intentional dream life goal with affirmations and visualizations connected to that goal. You'll then have a spot to write down your dream life action to-do list so you can be intentionally taking action towards your goal every single day. I know that by completing the Dream Life Daily Journal every day for at least 30 days, you can create momentum. And when you do that, my friends, you can live your dream life too. Check out the dreamlifetoolkit.com or Amazon to get your copy of the Dream Life Daily Journal today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest, you guys, is a productivity guru. In fact, he claims that you can dominate your day even before breakfast. He's a keynote speaker, the author of The 5 a.m. Miracle, The Free Time Formula, and the founder of the Rockin' Productivity Academy. Guys, these are all skills that we can get better at. He's the host of the 5 a.m. Miracle podcast, which is ranked number one in Apple Podcasts in the self-help and business categories and has been nominated for six podcast awards and exceeds 7 million downloads. Oh my goodness, you can tell that almost everybody wants help in this arena. He is a plant-based marathon runner and personal development junkie. And you can find him writing and speaking at, here he is, jeffsanders.com. So big Dreamcast welcome to Jeff Sanders. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to chat with you. You speak my language, productivity, focus, goal setting. I've run a few marathons myself, and there's just a lot of lessons you learn when you do the hard things. And so I, what I love about your story is you haven't always been a public speaker, um, really focused and excited about this content. So I'd love to hear what you did prior to writing your books. I'll begin with college. I think it's the best place to start only because I majored in theater and psychology. I did so because I just enjoyed those topics. I had no plans for them though. And so my only intention was like, I'm going to get, you know, my classes in, I'm going to enjoy my college experience. When I graduate, I'll figure things out later. And so I graduated and immediately was like, I, I have no plan. Like, what am I doing? And so I began blogging at that point as a way to kind of like therapeutically work through like, what am I trying to do here? And I started a blog called Graduated and Clueless. 
And that was kind of what I was doing for probably two or three years. Actually, I wrote a book that never got published with the same title, trying for me, I'm on my sense to figure out what my purpose is and why I'm here. But it's in that process that I found a lot of amazing authors and speakers and podcasters and coaches and just people that were doing amazing work. And I realized in that process, well, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to do all those things they're doing. And so that's what led me down the path of then blogging more, podcasting, eventually speaking, all those things kind of grew out of just like, there's people doing this for a living. Like they're getting paid to do this. Like, how could I be a part of that? And so, yes, I had day jobs I didn't like, but more importantly, I had this kind of side hustle going on for years that was somehow this is going to be what I do full time. I don't know how it's going to work yet, but eventually it will. And then it did. And I've been doing that for five years now full time. And it's, it's awesome. Ooh, oh my goodness. Okay. So you went through what they call a quarter life crisis. Yes, I did. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, I did too. I have my master's in clinical psychology and oh, I nice. got, yeah, and I got my first job and I was like, I am going to change the world. <laughs> and that did not last long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of like my story in the sense that I knew there was big things I wanted to do, but I didn't have any focus on what that was. I could not pin down like, what am I born to do? Because there's so many things I was interested in. And so it wasn't until I saw people doing things that I thought were like remarkable. That's when I realized like, well, I could be in their shoes. I could do what they're doing. And to me, that was a real spark to really move in that direction. That's really cool. And I think you're right. A lot of times we don't know what we want because we've only seen a limited options. That's yes. why a lot of my friends, right, are teachers and policemen, <laughs> because <laughs> when we're growing up, that's what we see. But when you're introduced to a plethora of options, you can really find out what you connect with. And you connected with those who were teaching, training, coaching, and helping others figure out them their sparks as well. Yeah, I think a large part of it too is that I had this background doing a lot of theater and I thought, well, I don't necessarily want to be an actor, but I want to do something that kind of uses those same skills or like my same passion for performance. Like, what can I do with that? And when I discovered podcasting as a listener, it was like, wait a minute, there's something here. Like, I don't want to be a radio DJ, but I could podcast. And then like, oh, wait, I could speak. And then once I knew like I can use my skills and interests in a way that, you know, is a, a potential business, it was like all these wheels began to turn and I began to figure out kind of how to build something that did kind of rest on, you know, my own skills and passions and interests from before. Okay. So how did you land on the content of the 5 a.m. miracle? That was kind of a fluke. I was in, in my mid 20s, kind of like quarter life crisis going on. And I had discovered that I wanted to get healthy. Like I had this one of those kind of moments you have, you look in the mirror and you're like, wait, I'm fat. I got to fix something. And so I decided to start running as a way to really kind of kickstart my own health. And I got really into endurance running and began to run a lot of marathons. And there was a time where I had, I had a day job, I had marathon training going on, and I had this side hustle I was trying to build into a business. And my schedule was packed. I mean, morning to night, I was completely filled up and couldn't figure out how to get the schedule to line up in a way that felt sustainable. And that's when I realized, well, I could just get up out of bed a little bit earlier. Because at the time, it was, I would get out of bed the last minute and run to the office. And then I said, well, what if I switched that around and got up earlier and trained my marathons at 5 a.m. and then went to work and then did the side hustle in the evening. And, and then I had a kind of a, a pattern for my day, a schedule that made sense to me. And that's when it clicked that 5 a.m. was like this magical hour of the day. No one's awake. It was just me. I could do whatever I wanted. I could then later on figure out to dominate my day before breakfast. And I felt that sense of just like passion and energy and motivation that I didn't have before. I had kind of an aimless motivation, but then all of a sudden it was structured in a schedule that I could you know, really kind of map out my days better. 
And I saw a lot of progress. Marathon training became better. My business goals began to expand. And so for me, the 5A miracle was just born out of just necessity for me to map out my day in a way that I could fit all my goals into 24 hours. Okay. So why do you think that is? Because you could have uninterrupted time from midnight to 3 a.m., but (laughs) that doesn't seem as productive, does it? Well, and that was the other realization I had was that, yes, I was doing things in the evening, but I'm not as effective in the evening. Like my brain is, is shutting down for the day versus if I'm out of bed at 5 a.m. and I'm moving my body and, and getting things going, I have more clarity. I have more energy. I, I get more done and less time. And so for me, it's not everybody's life. Like some people, 5 a.m. sucks. I get it. Like I've been there myself. It's not the, I, the ideal But what is ideal is you figure out when your energy spikes in the day and then you optimize those hours. And I saw this definite, you know, trend over time that between basically 5 and 10 a.m. was my best hours of the day. Like that's when I'm most fired up, probably most caffeinated. I've got the most things moving. And so if I could optimize those hours, well, then I get tremendous results from there. So to me, that was just a thing I had to act on. I I really think that's intentional. You know, it's super smart because in the afternoon or when the day gets going and people start coming to us, emails and calls and all of these types of things, we have what they call decision fatigue. And we're, we're not as productive because our brain starts to get tired. So what other strategies do you teach to ensure that this time is the most productive? Well, I think the intentionality piece you hit on is the first thing. I always begin with that. And that starts the night before. So at, let's say 8 p.m. You know, tonight, you're going to plan tomorrow morning. And I feel like that's where it always starts is making sure that when you're going to bed, you already know what tomorrow morning is going to look like, as opposed to getting out of bed and then asking, well, what do I feel like today? Well, no one feels like doing a whole lot. You first wake up, you know, that's, that's not the best time to make decisions. So make those choices and that before, and then wake up and just follow my plan, which for me, generally speaking, is an energy based plan in the morning, meaning that I want to do things that really just kind of skyrocket my energy so I can then take the rest of the day off in the best way possible. So that's why I do early morning workouts because that tends to work best for me. Not every day is like that, but if I can, it's, it's a workout. And if not, it's usually the most important kind of big project for the day that I want to tackle early. Uh, Brian Tracy has a great book called Eat That Frog, uh, which is all about doing the worst thing first. And I feel like that's, that mentality allows you to really say like, hey, I did dominate my day before breakfast. I got up, I did something that was hard and now the rest of the day feels easier. And so I try to schedule things like that in my day so that the rest of the day is better. And it does tend to work out that way. You really do feel a sense of motivation because you woke up, you were intentional, something happened that was significant, and now you can go do whatever else you feel like doing. And so that is my, my general trend for a day, and it tends to work really well. So you used that for marathon running. You then yes. used your 5 a.m. miracle for building your side hustle into a business What other ways have you intentionally put your goals first thing and achieve success? I think another thing that I tend to do in the mornings when I have that time available is reading. Um, I've read a ton of books at 5 a.m. because that's my best hour to do so. I don't read at night because I'm just too distracted. I'm too lazy, whatever. I I don't read at night. It just doesn't ever work. But at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., like I can have my coffee. I can have my book. I can really dig into something and get creative ideas. I can then have those generate into more possibilities in my business or my personal life or whatever I'm doing. So for me, my own personal growth oftentimes is, is optimized early in the day. And so I'm trying to make sure that whatever matters most to me right now is scheduled first. 
Uh, so yes, business goals, yes, health goals, yes, personal goals, whatever the thing is that you're trying to really make a, a difference in, I feel like that's the thing to tackle first thing. Now, I've got lots of goals in my life, so I can't do everything first thing. So you have to be intentional about uh, spacing out when you do these, you know, blocks of time. But as long as you have that focus, you can look at a, a weekly schedule and map out, well, on Mondays, I'll do health goals and Tuesdays business or whatever it is you want to do. Like I have theme days often like that just to make sure that over the course of a week, everything does get tackled. But it's not everything all at once because I've tried that before. Uh, it's a little overwhelming. So having a, a better spaced out schedule is, is ideal. Ooh, I've never heard of that a theme day. And I really like that because you can have several intentions, but you can't focus on them all at the same time. So you can have an intention for each day that may be a little bit different, but it all is taking you in the direction that you desire. So tell me what the free time formula is all about. The free time formula is my second published book, which came about kind of by a fluke because I was doing what I was just talking about in the worst possible way, which was I was doing way too much. Uh, this was about two and a half years ago. I had taken on all kinds of projects. I had speaking gigs. I had this course I was building, which is now the Academy. I had all of these things I was trying to do and I got myself overly stressed out. And what ended up happening was I had this kind of health crisis where I thought I was having a heart attack. I was only 32 at the time, so I was really confused and freaked out about it. It turns out it was an esophageal spasm, which is a thing that happens when basically your chest muscles around your esophagus tighten up and feels like a heart attack, but it's not one. Uh, it tends to happen in younger men, which I guess at the time that really defined my life. High stress, a lot going on, working out too hard, whatever the case was. So I had this kind of, I went to the ER that night. It was, it was a rough story came out of that and realized like, this can't be my future. Like I need not only the ambition of the 5A miracle, like, yes, that's great, but I also need sustainability. Like I need to be able to do this long-term and not just kind of, you know, drink more coffee and solve my problems that way. So the free time formula really is addressing this reality of stress, overwork, and making sure you have free time and margin built into your life from the ground up. So you're saying, yes, I have goals I'm going to achieve, but I also have downtime. I also have a way to keep myself going long-term because without that, then you do burn out. Like it just will happen. It's a question of what does it look like for you, but it's going to happen if you continually push too hard. So it was just my kind of natural inclination to say like, yes, I have goals, but I also want to continue to do those goals in 30 years and I won't be able to if I'm dead. So what could I do to keep going? And, and that book addresses all those issues. Yeah, it's really like about being intentional on all sides. You're intentional in your goals, you're intentional in your relationships, you're intentional in your self-care, which means it all gets a spot on the calendar, even yes. Netflix. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I, I addressed Netflix in the book multiple times because I know that Netflix is a thing people kind of naturally gravitate towards. It's the easy solution when you just don't want to do anything. And so in the book, I literally say, Netflix time is a great time. I'm not opposed to Netflix. I watch it all the time. But as long as it's intentional, you, you have a space for it. And then when you do, when you are intentional about it, you actually enjoy it a lot more. And it's much more focused. You watch programs you actually care about, not just aimlessly clicking the, you know, on the remote, but you're actually really enjoying something. And then it's, it's more refreshing. It's more rejuvenating. And so it can become this really great time, not just this aimless like, okay, turn it on again. Here we go. So I'm trying to craft a life that is on purpose, a life that really was designed from the ground up and one that is sustainable long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why do you think your conversation resonates with so many people? Well, I think we all have the same struggle, which is we have a life we want to live, 
but we don't really know how to pull it off often because there's so many things coming at us. Like we live in a world now where like there are so many possibilities, so many things you could be doing and so many things you want to do. And it all just kind of gets jumbled up together. And there's this kind of lack of clarity that, that shows up because you have so many things you could be doing. And so what I'm addressing most of the time in my work is the idea of focus. Like I'm always trying to figure out how to say no to more stuff. Because the more things you say no to, the more clear you are in the few things that matter most. And that is the name of the game when it comes to productivity, when it comes to healthy habits, uh, living your best life or having a schedule that makes sense to you. It all comes down to saying no a thousand times for the one yes you have in your calendar. And that is what productivity means. It's not doing more in a day. It's actually saying no more in a day. Because then you actually have the time to do the things that really move the needle. Yeah, and that's a skill. Because yes. how many times do we say yes, because we feel like we should, and we don't want to make hurt somebody's feelings, or mm -hmm. we're just, when we overcommit, and then we end up falling apart, and, and then nothing that we really want actually gets done. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's, people fall into the natural trap of just more, more, more all the time. And I'm the same way. That's my whole story of going to the ER a few years ago. I just kept saying yes. And saying yes, like, there's, there's seasons where saying yes makes sense. There's seasons where you want to explore more and say yes more often and, you know, go have coffee with a stranger because you might be meet this amazing person and have a great connection. Or sometimes coffee is a bad idea. You, like there's work to be done that you know matters more. And you're, it, you're always weighing those options of what do I say yes to next? And the only real way to say yes to the right things is by saying no to basically everything up front and then being very intentional about what does then get scheduled, what does actually happen. And that is a skill. You're right. That is a practice that you have to do over and over again. And even me at this point, years into it, I'm still doing the same things I did years ago when I first started, which is reminding myself to take my own advice and follow through on those things because it's just so easy to just say yes again and again. And I've learned some skills myself. Well, I'll go to an event and I'll have people say to me, oh, can you come do a training in Iowa and in Seattle and in Vegas and in, you know, all over. And of course, in the heat of the moment, I'm like, yes, I want to. This is so fun and exciting. And I get home and I go, oh, dear. <laughs> what did I what did I do? This is kind of crazy, you know. And so I've learned even just keywords that let me check my calendar or mm. let me check the price of airfare or let me talk to my husband or, you know, a break where I then can think. And then I can yes. say, is this helping me reach my goal? And so with your idea and, and the, the focus of focus, having that clear focus, you need to know what your goal is and what you really want and really work through some of that stuff. So then you can choose your intention and then you can make decisions that are focused on that. Well, it's so much easier to say yes to the right things when you already know what it is you want. But if you yeah. don't know what that is, everything's possible then. You know, if someone invites you to coffee or someone invites you to go to Seattle, they're both on the calendar because why say no to either one of them as opposed to no, I actually have something already scheduled because I already have a goal that I've already committed to that matters the most to me now. And if that's where you are, you've made the decision. It's very, it, it's not necessarily easy to say no to somebody or to let, let them down, but that decision process is so much easier that you know when to say no. And that to me just, it adds up over time to where now all of a sudden your calendar six months from now literally only has the few things that matter to you. And when, when that six months shows up and you're in that moment, you don't have the stress you may have felt recently because you have cleared so much clutter out of your life. And you've learned that whoever you've said no to will survive. 
and connect yes. someone else and you're okay. <laughs> exactly. I actually, I learned this skill strongly. I did a bodybuilding competition a few years ago wow. and I had to work out, you know, by the end it was three hours a day. I was eating every three hours, bringing my food with me. So I had to say no to big team dinners. I said no to traveling when it didn't, when it wasn't going to line up with my goal. I had to say, this is my priority. And anything outside of that is a no. And for somebody who's a kind of people pleaser, achiever personality, it was really helpful to learn that life still goes on, even if I'm not in the center of all of the things. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's a tough lesson to learn. I know that uh, I follow Michael Hyatt have for years and he has this whole philosophy on a graceful no, which is basically his way of acknowledging to somebody else. Like, I get that you're asking something you want of me, but I have to turn you down and I don't want to. It, it's not easy for me, but I this is the best path going forward. And so there's a, there's a skill involved in even saying no to somebody else that doesn't make it like doesn't break that relationship that's already there that allows both of you to move forward in a way that doesn't feel like you just punch them in the face as opposed to you just, you know, casually said, sorry, I have other priorities. And there's a real skill to that too. And that's something that, you know, I don't want to say no to people, but I know I have to. And, and that, I think once you get past that and can practice that skill, then your calendar becomes your own. Mm. I'd love to hear a story or testimony of someone who's gone through the program and experienced crazy results. There was a woman that emailed me a few years ago who listened to my podcast for a while who uh, was not an early riser, did not like 5 a.m., uh, but she had this day job that was taking a lot of her time, but she had a side kind of passion of wanting to be a novelist. And so she got out of bed at 5 a.m. to work on her novel. And in 18 months, she wrote the entire book and got it published and was just kind of freaking out because this thing that she had postponed for literally over a decade all of a sudden existed now. And that to me just highlighted the kind of the compound effect of doing little things over time that add to, to big results. And so for a lot of people, 5 a.m. is not kind of a, a five hour long kind of block of time. And maybe it's only 45 minutes that you get to yourself. You know, before the kids are awake, before your spouse is awake, before the day begins, you have a little window of time for yourself. And I feel like that window, however long it is for you, is your window. And so if you take it and you act on it, then you get those kinds of results down the road. But if you continually postpone it and put it off, those things just never come to fruition. And so I love hearing stories like that where someone just took the intentionality piece there and said, I'm going to use that window I have and make something of it. And then all of a sudden that goal is achieved. And so for me, that, that's, that's the ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that you'll be more excited. I, I can hear people in my mind going, but do I have to wake up at five? And I think <laughs> you're, what it sounds like is when you know what you want, you're excited to work on it. And so yeah. you don't get up going, uh, you get up with inspiration and have that sparklet because you're excited to go, go dominate your day before breakfast and either get your workout done, get your personal development done, take some action on the one big goal that you're looking to, to do. And you feel good about that. And I remember when I was in college, I worked out at 7 a.m. with a group of girls every day, Monday through Thursday. And I would get so much done before 10. And my I'd come home and my roommates would still be sleeping. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, you do. You feel accomplished. You feel good. I refer to that kind of idea of bouncing out of bed with enthusiasm. 
Yeah. Because to me, like that's what, how I feel on those days where I'm waking up to do something I want to do. Like it feels like I just want to bounce out of bed because I'm so excited to do the thing that I get to work on now. And it's, it's a get to, not a have to. It's not 5 a.m. It's not a military drill where you're required to do something, right? Like you are opting into this on purpose because there's something you want out of your life. And when that's the mentality, 5 a.m. is awesome. It's not some horrible experience. It, 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 you look forward to it and you want it to happen. And then that's when you get those amazing results as opposed to get out of bed at 5 a.m. and go, well, some guy in a podcast said I should do yoga at 5 a.m., but I don't like yoga or 5 a.m. Like that doesn't work, right? You have to do what motivates you. And then once you're excited about it, all of a sudden it's easy. Is there any roadblock that you see consistently? Uh, the biggest issue is that people don't choose goals for themselves. They choose goals someone else told them to do. Like someone else said, like, you should go run a marathon. Like, okay, I should run a marathon now. But they don't like marathons. They don't like running. So like, that's not a good goal for you. Um, I see that often. The other biggest issue is that the spouse or the family doesn't jive with your new schedule. That's a common question I get. It's like, how do I get out of bed at 5 a.m. if my spouse is asleep until 7? And the answer is, you're going to have to find a solution to that, like wear a wristwatch that vibrates and wakes you up or whatever. But it, it's the, I need to take control of my day and then other people will get on board. A lot of times the environment that you live in produces your results. And if you change that environment and other people will then adapt to you. And then all of a sudden you've got a, a new household that you live in where everybody's on board with this new idea. That's a really common struggle because people don't want to kind of rock the boat that they've already had going for a long time. And so th that's a struggle I see often. And the best answer is like, own your day, like make it your time. And then when you get those great results, then you have more energy to help them later on. You have a better schedule that does actually make their lives better. It, it, it works in both ways. Yeah. When I did the bodybuilding competition, my husband and I were like, what do we do for date night? Because a three hour dinner with a bottle of wine is no longer an option. And it then <laughs> impacted the habits of our family. And so what I found is that, of course, it, it was at first a, a question like, wait, what? And then it got awesome. We went for hikes and my kids eat vegetables now and they love to help me cut them up and we'd go for walks after dinner and things like that, that at first seemed like a challenge because it's different, ended up making our life better. Hmm. Totally. And then that, that, that kind of a challenge where you have to change, that's where you get the results, right? You don't get the results being the same as before. And so I, as much as I kind of don't like it, and usually most people hear 5am like eh, that, that requires work. It's like, yes, but doing the work gets the results. And once you've made that switch, all of a sudden you get to read those benefits. And then it's like, oh, this really does work. And I really can be a new person, have a new family, have a new schedule, a new structure. And that to me is, is how I live now. And that's why I'm like, oh gosh, you should do this too. Cause it, it's really awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you find something that works, you're like, want to shout it from the mountaintop, like everybody. Oh yes. my gosh. That's <laughs> amazing. So I want to shift gears here to your speaking career. Cause I know you have sure. the books. You also have a productivity Academy that we can find on jeffsanders.com. And you also speak and you go around the world. So tell me a little bit about how you were able to grow that side of your business. That came about because of my podcast. So I was you know, doing my show. I started it six years ago. And I say within probably a year and a half or two years of the show, I got invitations to speak at various places. And that's where I realized like this message that I'm talking about in the show is resonating with people who want others to hear about it. And so for me, it was a simple just act of saying, yes, someone said, hey, you want to come to California? I'm like, yes, I do. So like, you know, off I went to go speak. And then I realized there is, there are a lot of people that don't 
listen to podcasts, who don't know my message, they don't know the things I care about. So the more opportunities I have to share like what I'm sharing right now with you, like that is, and that's what I want to do. Like I want to just like, like you said, the shout off the rooftops. Like I want to get out there and really say like, there's a lot of cool things you can do with your life. And the more people I could do that in front of and share that message, and the more people that get excited about it. Now, I've done speaking gigs for you know corporations where the employees are required to be there and they don't want to be there. Those are kind of rough. But the ones where people are opting in and saying like, yes, I'm excited about my potential future. It's like, there is so much to be gained in a face-to-face interaction on a speaking gig that you can't get you know, through the internet. And so that's what I love, kind of the in-person interaction, because then you get to ask those questions that pop up, which is usually like, you know, oh, I have kids, so I can't do this. Or I have all these excuses in their, in their heads and ask all these great questions. And I love that interaction. It's great. Everything you've done, it's so cool. It seems like you've taken a step and brewed on it. You did your podcast for a while and then, and then you took a step and you wrote your book and then you took a step and, and the how just kind of shows up sometimes yes. unintentionally, but because you continued to move in the same direction and you were clear and excited about what you wanted, things just kind of came into your path. Yeah, it was interesting too, because the first book, The 5A Miracle, only came about because a publisher emailed me and said, I see that you have a podcast. Do you want to write a book about this t- the same topic? I was like, well, of course I do. And so it, it was this, if you start doing something, you create momentum. Um, there's a, a phrase from, I think it's uh, Steve Martin, uh, to be so good, they can't ignore you. And I, I really fell in love with that phrase because it was not just, I want to be good, but it's like, I want to kind of put a message out there that I care about and say it still, you know, passionately and say it often enough that people gravitate towards that. And then you get opportunities from there, whether it's books, speaking gigs, coaching clients, like all these things for me that have all come from just a podcast, a blog, a website. Like I'm just trying to get what I'm doing out there and then more people can find it and then it grows from there. And you're right, it is a step-by-step thing. This all didn't happen in 24 hours. Like this was years in the making, but piece by piece, it all came together. And so it, 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 looking back on it in the last few years, it's like, yeah, it sounds great. But going forward, I had no clue what I was doing in the beginning. I mean, none. I was just like, I like this stuff. I'm just going to do it. Let's see what happens. And things have happened because of it. And so I'm, I'm very you know, grateful for it, but I'm also intentional in the way that I'm pursuing it. I feel like my next book will be Steps in the Dark because you just mm, keep going. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Testing the process. So what are you excited about right now? I just had a, my first child a year ago. So uh, my daughter, Maisie, has a, about a year old. And I'm, right now, she's my focus. Uh, I'm not really sure how else to say that. Business-wise, like things are going fine. I'm podcasting, speaking, working on that. But, like she is what I work on every day in the sense like playing with her, taking her on little trips. Like I don't know, my, my whole life right now is about her, so which is fantastic. Oh, that's so fun. And I love that you can do both. And I think that that yes. is something a lot of times people feel like they have to choose uh, mm. when it's just not true. I've, I've learned anything that's an either or is limiting belief. It's almost always mm. both and. So you can have a thriving career and be an engaged, awesome dad. Well, it's funny too, because before I had my daughter, the, one of the most common questions that I got was about parenting. Like, how do you get out of bed at 5 a.m. with kids? How do you be productive when you have a large family? And I had a really hard time answering that question because I didn't have any kids to speak of. And now that I've had a daughter for a year and gone through the process, you know, everything from the birth, the first few months, which are kind of rough, and then things smooth out over time, and the, and the intentionality behind the schedule, there it, you're right that the and solution is the best one because you really can do a lot in your day as long as you're focused on the few things that matter most to you. And so that to me has been the greatest challenge is really asking the question, what matters most now? And how do I make sure that those things are getting my attention? 
And so obviously my daughter matters most now, but also my business, but also my health. And so I was like, okay, I've got a lot of things here I want to really make time for. And so my calendar is just even more intentional now than ever before. And so I just, I really take my time to make sure I've crafted out how today is going to flow, how tomorrow is going to flow, how next week's going to flow, because I know uh, there are certain things I want to make sure happen. And if I'm not intentional about that, it, it could be chaos. Like things get messy and, and, and I'm okay with messy. It happens, but I can really prevent a lot of mess if I really take my time on the calendar. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So two more questions. One question is, what do you do every day to stay fueled and focused? Is there a personal development podcast or book that you would recommend or love? I would not say a specific kind of content piece that I engage with. It's more just the mentality of always learning more. I tend to, you know, I read new, new books as often as I can. I listen to a lot of podcasts, mostly because I want to learn more. So I try to take the mentality of the personal growth idea that I want to always be a beginner and I want to be learning something new. So right now what I'm learning more about is physical fitness. Most of my kind of, I don't call it career, but most of my health and fitness lifestyle has been about running marathons. And now I'm spending a lot more time in the gym. And so I'm learning more about how to build muscle and how to grow a better body that I want to have. And so that tends to be my focus now. In a few months, it could change to a business goal or something else. But I have these seasons where I just kind of really dig into some, some piece of content that really does excite me. And as long as I'm excited about it, I'm going to learn more about it. And once it feels like I'm kind of like forcing myself to work through it, then I let it go. And I, I find something new that excites me. And so I let the passion piece drive the content that I'm then consuming. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Okay. And then my last question is, what is one thing you do every day that you, besides waking up at 5 a.m., that you do <laughs> that you couldn't live without? I'm going to say exercise only because um, this is a whole other story. But I had back surgery in February. It's a few months ago, uh, which was probably like the worst case scenario for me as someone who wanted to be healthy and fit and productive. Um, I had this whole history of sciatica that led to this kind of emergency back surgery situation. Long story short, I realized that in the process of losing my physicality and losing my mobility, that I need to be healthy for productivity's sake, for, my, for the sake of my daughter, for the sake of my life. Like I need to be at my physical best every day. And so if, as long as I guarantee that on my calendar every single day, seven days a week, I am working out in some capacity, I get energy from that. I get motivation from that. I get strength from that. I get this whole sense of power from that, that I, in the past, kind of, I got it sometimes, but I didn't really see like the value in the daily workout until recently. And now I've worked out, I think it's like 45 days in a row and having that kind of you know, streak built up it's so powerful. Like it is incredibly motivating to have that sense of, you know, every day I'm doing something to improve my body and my mind and it pushes me forward. And so for me, that's where I'm headed in the future is just more of that activity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for your time and your wisdom today. I know you have a newsletter and some free downloads available at 5ammiracle.com. If you guys are interested in learning more about this content, all the links will be in the description box below. And we all can use more structure, more productivity, and more goal-focused intention because we really can be in a different place in one year if we start today. So thank you so much, Jeff. It's been awesome to connect with you. Yeah, thank you. 
thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.